Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast, another great show that we have lined up. We are going to be doing the, the conference previews a little bit later, and we're going to be focusing on those, the, the West coast conferences we're going to be talking about the pac-12 and the mountain west conference but before we get to college football and talking about how the, the season is going to be shortened and a couple of conferences have already made their decisions we're going to begin our show with the nfl and the big news last week ed was patrick mahomes signing that massive contract a half a billion dollars i mean it's it, it's insane. I mean, when you start listening to to the extension that he signed, it, it's a ten year deal for five hundred million dollars. It seems to be a, a team friendly deal. So this isn't like Patrick Mahomes' contract is just taken away from the the Chiefs putting together a, a competitive roster on the football field. It seems like Patrick Mahomes de- did his due diligence to kind of extend his contract and so so the Chiefs can build a competitive team around him every year. What do you think about this, man? I mean, every year the contracts for quarterbacks are getting insane numbers out there. What do you think about Well, that? I mean, Dak Prescott didn't sign his contract, but the quarterback market went up when uh, Tom Brady got $50 million over two years. And so then all of a sudden that 50 per year became the number. And so, you know, you you think, okay, well, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league. He just won a Super Bowl, so he's going to get he's 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 worth 50 million, you know. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much where it is and then and then, you know, you you're going to want Patrick Mahomes for the next 10 years. He's your franchise player. I mean, he's your star. He's going to, you know, he's going to lead you to your sort of, you know, your glory days in Kansas City. You know, you hope you you get three or four championships from him. I mean, maybe that's a little that's a little um, optimistic for Chiefs fans, but uh, you know, I mean, we saw last year that they they're very capable of winning some championships. So it's it, it for me for me for me it, it it makes deals and it makes deals it makes sense for both sides. Um, you know, the the Chiefs get their franchise quarterback. They I I have to credit for them for getting Patrick Mahomes, trading up for Patrick Mahomes. He was kind of a risky pick. They saw something in him. Uh, you know, he ended, you know, they sat him a year. He ended up playing great. Um, you know, he exploded on the league and, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you, you want to roll with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and, you know, you hope you can just keep a team around him with that 50 million, you know, eaten up in the salary cap. This is interesting because Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to open up their pocketbooks soon. I mean, Dak Prescott signed that franchise deal, so obviously he hasn't signed an extension. Now we're talking about what was he asking him? He was asking about forty million. Yeah. I mean, now his number now his number is going to go up next year. So I'm not sure that the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys need to get the deal done now because next year uh, they're they're just going to be in trouble. Prescott might have a terrific year. Because last year they kind of went more of a passing offense and he had his best year out there. He might put together another great year because we've already talked about the weapons that he has around him. Jerry Jones needs to, you know, sign that check as quickly as possible. I, I, 
I, I, I was, you know, to be honest with you, when Pat, when Dak Prescott held out, I, I thought he was crazy, but you know, we're seeing we're seeing the market just go up and up, and I mean, it was also good for Dak Prescott to see, you know, you, you know, basically he held out, so he got his receiver. You know, they they drafted the guy from Oklahoma, and so you know he has C.D. Lamb added to his mix, and then you know he's holding out, and now now the you know all of a sudden Tom Brady signs a new contract. All of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes signs a new contract, and all of a sudden, the quarterback market is is fifty million. And so, um, you know, all of a sudden, forty five to fifty million a year uh, for Dak Prescott. Prescott's still relatively young. Um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get a monster deal. So, um, you know, I criticized Dak Prescott. Thought he should have just signed his contract. You know, he could have got hurt, but he hasn't gotten hurt, and now now it's gonna be a big payday for him. Well, there's also some drama going on with your Steelers, um, Ed, and it involves Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree signed his franchise tag, but apparently he does play. He's a 3-4 outside linebacker, but he lines up in the dirt, puts his hand in the dirt quite a bit, and lines up as a defensive end. So now there's this whole drama between Bud Dupree and NFL P- NFL. Um, in terms of what he is, whether he's an outside linebacker or a defensive end. And there's a huge discrepancy here because as an outside linebacker, you get like 15 million. As a defensive end, when you sign the franchise tag, you get 17 million. So Bud Dupree is, is fighting this war. He's not the first one to do this. Shaq Barrett of the Tampa Bay Bucks also um, was filed a grievance against the NFL in terms of what he is, a linebacker or a defensive lineman. So it's an interesting story to, to keep an eye on. You know, I, I, th- I think the mistake the NFL made is they, they really should just put one category of edge rusher and leave it at that because, to be honest with you, I mean, an edge rusher is an edge rusher. You know, they're the guy who comes from the edge. They're going to line up against a tackle. They're going to be your, you know, primary pass rusher against a tackle and you, we know that's such a key position for a lot of defenses. I mean, some like a little bit more interior rush, but I mean, a lot of teams put a premium on that edge rusher position, whether they play, you know, half the teams play a 3-4, the other half play, you know, a 4-3. And, um, you know, I mean, really, really at the same time, it's really the same. I mean, there's differences in the position, but really what you want from your edge rushers is to get after the quarterback and we i mean you know we know about football enough to know that a defense works when edge rushers are getting pressure on the quarterback obviously there's yeah absolutely but like i said they they need to figure this out out there because guys like dupree and barrett they line up standing up and they also get their hand in the dirt as well but it's all about money, Ed. I mean, obviously the players want a little bit more, and and the NFL is, is going to fight them for this. I mean, they're gonna uh, they're gonna do this till the end um, for for what they believe is right. Uh, let's move on to college football, and uh, the big news out of the college football world is, and it started with the Big Ten. The Big Ten was the first conference to say we're only going to do conference games. So all those non-conference games in the beginning of the season have been canceled. And Big Ten has moved on with this. And the Pac-12 and the ACC have followed suit. 
They've done the same thing. So now we're waiting for the Big 12 and the SEC to announce their plans, but I'm pretty sure that those two conferences are going to do the same thing, like the the Big 10 and the Pac-12 and the ACC. Yeah, I mean, I I understand, you know, we're we're coming through a, you know, a, a pandemic and you know, we're in we're in some pretty dire times. I mean, it just, you know, being being a college football fan, you know, I I, I sort of got my hopes up about, you know, watching games like, uh, you know, Alabama, USC and, you know, Ohio State versus Oregon. I mean, those were those were games that, you know, really excited me. Um, and just I mean, it's 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 just it, it's it's a shame from a fan's perspective uh, that we're not going to have those games this year because, I mean, that that's always what's fun at the beginning of the year of the college football year. Um but I mean, I understand. You know, you got to protect these players, and that's why they're doing it. And you know, I, I I respect the NFL for, you know, taking care of the players. But yeah, I mean, from a fan's perspective, this is sad news. Well, like I said, they they needed to do this to to take care of their um, student athletes, and uh, obviously, they believe they know the conferences know that there's. There's a lot of money involved in these conference games, so they're trying to save face a little bit. But we, we talked about to a few people um, during the, the past two podcasts, we asked them up front, do you think football season will occur? And there are question marks involved. Right now, three conferences have basically said, hey, we're going to have conference plays only, not only for football, but for fall sports. Uh, fall athletics, which includes other other sports as well, and I'm sure other other teams and other conferences are going to follow suit. And whatever whatever the FBS conferences decide, FCS is going to follow that as well. I mean, we already heard that Ivy League has canceled its football season. They've decided to delay it till next spring. So those Ivy League sports athletes are, are not going to be able to compete during their senior year and what if some of these guys are eligible for the nfl draft and at the end of april what's going to happen to that they're just going to basically miss out on the season there are other conferences other smaller division conferences out there that also made the decision to to cancel fall sports and that affects you know those guys as football players as well so We'll see what happens. Obviously, it's it's a lot to to balance out. It's a different world that we're living in, and I'm sure we won't see fans in the stands. We're going to be just watching college football. Everybody's going to be glued to their TVs, and nobody's going to be in the stands. Like you know, we're seeing these soccer leagues out there, uh, the English Premier League, the the German league, the Spanish league. They're all these athletes out there are playing on empty stadiums and uh they're, they're going on with the season i just think that that's what's going to occur with with college football and possibly the nfl as well we just we have to get used to this ed hopefully we'll return to normal life in 2021 when we'll be able to get fans into the stands and and when you know oregon is going to be able to face off against ohio state or usc is going to be able to play against alabama so I think everybody wants to see that, but in today's world, it's it's conference play, so we'll just have to, you know, watch USC against uh, Oregon and Ohio State against Michigan and Alabama against Auburn. That that isn't too shabby. I mean, that's that's not bad at all. 
I mean, considering that we could have a canceled college football season, right, Ed? Well, I mean, it, it could be worse, but I mean, I, I think the fear that's more on my mind is, you know, I mean, maybe maybe we have a vaccine, you know, next year and so forth. But I mean, you know, you also have to mass distribute the vaccine, and you know, if this if this coronavirus metastasizes into other things, I mean, you know, I I really hope this isn't like a, you know, uh, I I do I do think there will be a, an end to this pandemic, or we'll learn a way to adapt to this pandemic. But I mean, it's just. It's just it's 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 sad that you know we're gonna see a lot of our uh, you know a lot of football be be missed because you know a, a pandemic that we you know uh, th- that's pretty much you know that's hurt it's hurt a lot of people. I mean, there's people who've lost their jobs and there's people who've gotten sick and obviously you know there's high numbers of people who've gotten who've died. I mean, especially in the United States and you know there are other countries, Italy and. You know there have been problems in China, so I mean, yeah, we we we're living in a we're living in a difficult era. I mean, this is you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna tell our grandkids about for sure. Well, I'm sure it might be a start of something. I'm sure this isn't the first virus that that's gonna hit you know the, our entire world like this. Uh, it's just again we have to get used to this. So wear masks, wash your hands, try to stay out of big public places at least. At this point, I'm not talking about, you know, being on the beach somewhere outside. I'm talking about, you know, going to the theater, the movies and stuff like that. Take it easy. And like I said, wear masks, wash your hands. Uh, Let's move on to uh, previewing a couple of conferences that I mentioned at the top of the show. And and we'll start with the smaller conference first. We'll start with the Mountain West Conference, a conference that has some, some interesting teams vying for the position and uh i'm curious i want to find out from you do you think that boise state is is the best team in this conference i mean they have been for for a while and and they won the conference last year what do you think are the broncos the favorites once again? yeah i i have the broncos the favorites uh for this year um you know i i just i just think they you know hank balkmeyer is going to be coming back and he's going to be a sophomore um, and I think he should improve in getting the ball out quicker. You know, he's had some injury issues. He's kind of held the ball along. Um, you know, the Broncos have been the top dog in the Mountain West for years. Um, you know, their their schedule looks very winnable. You know, I think maybe the toughest game is, you know, they're going to have to host Florida State. But, I mean, you know, a lot of their games are very winnable. Um, you know, they, they return about half their starters. And, um you know, their running back, George Halani, who I think is a, is a good running back, um, you know, is going to return and be a sophomore this year. So I, I see I see I see some things looking I mean, looking up for the Broncos, but also, um, you know, things have been good in the past. And I mean, you know, I, th- I think, uh, you know, I mean, when that kind of next period of time was where, you know, they kind of reconference teams and, you know, we kind of saw that when. Uh, Colorado went to the Pac-12 and Nebraska went to the Big Ten and so forth. And um, this, you know, I mean, Boise State might 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 just be that team that kind of gets into a Power Five conference eventually. Yeah, the Broncos have definitely won a lot of games since the turn turn of the century. It started with Chris Peterson, and and they've just continued that that trend. We all remember that game when when they beat Oklahoma. 
and just they they were taking down you know big dogs over and over again and they've had success on that blue turf i mean when people go to to boise i mean they just they always come out with the loss but there are a couple of teams that are up there as well air force had a great year last year i mean they they put together a terrific season and then wyoming is is also a team that's been on the rise and and they've got a good team out there. Who do you consider a surprise team in the Mountain West Conference right now? Who who are we all sleeping on right now? Well, you now, just Ed? said Wyoming, and uh, you know I I think they're going to have an interesting system where I, I mean they're going to both use both Sean Chambers and Levi Williams. Uh, you know, one can be more of a runner, and one can kind of be more that pocket quarterback. Um, you know, a lot of their tough games are are at home. You know when they play Boise State, Air Force, and uh, San Diego State. Um, you know they're going to return their whole offensive line in 2020. Um, a lot of key players, a lot of key positions coming back. Uh, they have a good running game. Um, I like this as a Xavier Valade guy. Um, I, I think he's well. We'll talk about we'll talk about prospects a little bit later. But you're you're on the bandwagon with Wyoming. So I think they went eight and five last yeah. year. You think they can be even better? This yeah, year? I, I, I really do. I think I think they're going to be a good team. Uh, you know, I think I think I think some things are going to improve. I mean, yeah, they lost uh, Logan Wilson, but you know, I mean, they still they still. I mean, Cash Malia also too. They lost a couple linebackers, but I think this is a team that can bounce that can bounce back. Has a lot coming back, and um, you know, I I just think they have a good thing going up there. Well, my surprise team, I'm going to I'm going to surprise you here in terms of I'm going to make you happy, Ed, because I'm going to go with Colorado oh, State. Oh, wow. <laughs> I am. I'm not Look, I'm not saying that this team is going to win 8 games this year. That's not what I'm saying, but they did hire a head coach in Steve Adazio that had success at Boston College. It was a tough conference that he was in in the ACC, but Boston College under him played good defense they ran the football they controlled the clock and they were able to win a lot of games because he's been to he led boston college to six bowl games out of those seven years and that's great success in the acc conference i know that they cut ties with him but i think colorado state did the smart thing by hiring him i think there are a lot of pieces on offense i want to see how this defense comes together but I do think that their schedule isn't that tough. And I think this is this is a bold team. I think they're building for the future. But I think they went 4-7 and seven last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're going to have a winning season. And I think they will go to a bowl game. And I think a lot of it will have to do with Steve Adazio. He does have some playmakers that we'll talk about a little bit later when we talk about NFL prospects, but I just, I love that hire. And I think he's going to have a positive influence on, on the program and in Fort Collins. So I hope I made you happy. Let's, let's see that. I hope it comes to fruition out here. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Colorado state hasn't been, hasn't been that great since, uh, you know, the Jim McElwain days and, I think they need to get that program back together as well. How about a team that you think will disappoint this year in the Mountain West Conference? Well, you know, I mean, just to continue our conversation about Colorado State, I mean, yeah, they got Steve Adazio, and I think, I think you know, in a couple of years that might be a good pickup. But, you know, it's going to be a transition year. 
Um, you know, they have some tough non-conference games. And also, I mean, they got to play Boise State, uh, travel to Boise State. You know, they're going to have to play Vanderbilt on the road. They're going to have to play Oregon State on the road. Uh, so they have some tough games. I mean, I like Warren Jackson as an NFL prospect. I think if you can, you know, get him some NFL coaching, I think he could he could be a good receiver. But he's still very raw. I mean, he's a very raw receiver. I mean, right now he's 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 very much a you know sort of a project. Um, you know, they have a new defensive coordinator in Chuck Heater. I mean, he's been there before. Um, and I'm just I'm I'm not really high on their offensive line. I, I just so I mean I, I I'm kind of more on the skeptical side with Colorado State. I mean I you know I I, 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 I like Colorado State, but they're they're just you know I, I I'm just I'm just I'm skeptical to be honest with you. I know you're skeptical, but how can you be even more disappointing? I, I don't think Colorado State will be more disappointing than a four and eight season last year. So. Unless we believe that they're going to win like one or two games this year. I don't think that's going to happen because, like I said, they, they have a good head coaching. Uh, he, they have a good coaching staff in place. And uh, like I said, I think Steve Adazio is the type of hard-nosed coach that the, the Colorado State Rams need. And um, I just think that there's a lot of room for improvement. I, I don't think they're going to be even worse than 4-8. Than and eight last year i'm gonna go with utah state i think utah state is gonna have a disappointing season they lost jordan love they went seven and six last year but they lose their their best offensive player and i just don't think utah state has enough weapons on defense or offense to to carry on and be in the upper echelon type of team i think they're gonna have a losing season and and that's why i think utah state is is bound to take that that step back under Gary Anderson. Um, let's talk about NFL prospects in this in this conference. Let's narrow it down. Let's talk about seniors and let's talk about a few underclassmen as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys I like. Um, I, I mean, one I really want to talk about is this kid, uh, Dom Peterson. Uh, he's a Nevada guy. Uh, he's a defensive end. I think he uses his hands well as a pass rusher. Um, I think he's able to hold the point of attack as a run defender. Um, maybe he has a bit of a slow step. Um, I think he's got a few few moves in his pass rush arsenal. Um, you know, I, I think I think he has a he. I, I like kind of like his inside rip move. You know, he he's he he. You know, he he isn't always trying to win to the edge. You know, sometimes he's trying to rip to the inside, and I've seen him get pressure in that way. So I think this is this is an intriguing guy. I mean, you know. This isn't going to be like a first round pick, but this is this is a guy who is very draftable, and and you know and the other thing I like about him is that is he hustles to the football. So, um, you know I I would keep an eye on Don Peterson. Uh, he's a defensive end from Nevada. All right, continue. Uh, let's go with with the rest of the draft prospects that you've been impressed with. You know I I like this kid's Xavier Valade. Um, I, I, what, what was really cool is I saw him come up with a catch in traffic like a receiver. It was kind of like on an intermediate route. That shows a lot of trust in his receiving skills. Um, you know, that's more than really you ask for from a lot of running backs. I mean, he's got great speed, great explosion. He's a little bit of a smaller back. Um, but you know what? He is a little bit surprisingly hard to uh, bring down. Um, so I, 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 I like this kid's Xavier Valade. I mean, I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on this kid, and I I think I think he could be a nice running back prospect in the league. 
Well, Valaday is obviously going to be a junior. He's definitely the best running back in this Mountain West Conference. Um, you know, I think everybody found out about him. He kind of snuck up on a lot of people. But last year, he gained almost 1,500 yards, and all-purpose yards. And um, during the bowl game, I think he almost gained like 300 yards altogether. So that that's pretty impressive. And he's a good receiver. I'm glad that you mentioned that. He's got soft hands, and he's definitely a weapon coming out of the backfield, and he can take it to the house. So, yeah, Valaday is – I can confidently say that they've got some good running backs in this in this conference, but he, he is the best one. He is the top guy as far as running backs go. How about wide receivers, Ed? I mean, we talked about Warren Jackson. I'm a little bit higher on him than you are, but, you know, for a bigger guy – I think he's got some quickness. He's got some twitch to him. Uh, but uh, talk about him and and the rest of the receivers. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not I'm not as big on the receivers in the Mountain West. I you know with with Warren Jackson, I mean, I think he's like he's almost like a paper target. He's almost like a paper tiger out there. Whereas he's got the height, you know what I'm saying, and like teams want to cover him and stuff like that, and they're afraid of him. But I don't. I don't see him, you know, with 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 this just like outstanding production. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not the juggernaut that he he really could be in college. And I think, I think he he really he really needs to to develop his game a little bit more. So I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with the receivers in this conference. He's a little bit more quick than I think people are not people aren't giving him credit for. He's a little bit more nimble and a little bit more quick and. Uh, for a guy who's about six five and a half, you know, two hundred and twenty pounds, he can line up in the slot. He can line up outside. He always makes that tough catch on third down because they look in his direction. So he can make those contested catches. And yeah, there's every player needs to improve. And he had his best year as a junior. I expect him to take his game up a notch. I'm actually a little bit higher because on receivers in general in this conference. There's a kid by the name of Trey Walker. He's from San Jose State. And this team isn't going to win a lot of games next year, but this guy is a bona fide star. This guy should be at the Senior Bowl. He's about 5'11", 175, 180. He lines up outside, but this guy makes a ton of contested catches for a guy his size. I mean, he is an undersized receiver, but he's just great. Great hands. Um, you know, he's, he's always making catches out there, whether it's in the deep game and the short game and the intermediate game. Everybody knows who they have to defend when, when they face San Jose State. But this Spartan receiver just is all heart. And I'm really impressed by him. And I know you mentioned Dom Peterson, but there's another receiver out there. His name is Elijah Cooks. He's a 6'4 wide out. He's got good hands. Um, he was one of the better receivers last year. I think he had 76 receptions for almost 1,000 yards, and he scored eight touchdowns. Not May not be the fastest guy out there, but he has very good hands. And so I wanted to give some wide receivers their props in this division. Keep an eye on, obviously, Warren, Warren Jackson is the best one, and then Trey Walker from San Jose State, and Elijah Cooks is, is a pretty darn one, a good one from Nevada as well. Who else should we keep an eye on in this conference? Well, I think this kid, Tariq Thompson, uh, he's a safety from uh, San Diego State. I don't love his tape, but, you know, I, I think, you know, they, they kind of asked him to cover in the slot. I just... I think he, I think he's the kind of guy who... I think he, he will he will be kind of in the draft conversation. Um, he, he, he wouldn't be who I would go for. 
Um, you know, he isn't mm-hmm. kind of like the kind of safety I like. And you know how I am p- pretty picky about my safeties. And sometimes my favorite safeties don't go drafted and so forth. Because I just, I, I like a certain type of safety. And um, I really like that versatility. But um, yeah, I, I think that. Thompson, by the way, Thompson is going to be at the Senior Bowl if he continues at this pace because he's versatile. I mean, he plays safety, and he can also line up in the slot covering that slot receiver. You look at his numbers, 11 interceptions over his career. He's a ball hog. 14 pass breakups. Um, Like I said, he's always around the ball, and and that's why I think Tariq Thompson is going to be high up there. If he's not going to be at the Senior Bowl, he's definitely going to be at the Shrine game. So, Thompson, keep an eye on him. And he's also got a his teammate, uh, Dwayne Johnson Jr., had a good year as well last year. He's, he's a good run defender. I'm not crazy about him in pass defense, but the, there's you know his stats say that he's, he's a pretty good one uh, in terms of being on the back end. But I like him as a run defender. I think he still needs to improve as a pass defender, but... Keep an eye on Dwayne Johnson as well from San, San Diego State. They just they they've got some players in the secondary, but Tariq Thompson is is the headliner there. Might be actually the highest drafted player out of this conference in general. I think this guy is going to be a day two pick. We'll see what happens with Validate, but I think Thompson right now is the highest rated senior in the Mountain West Conference. And then Valade is up there in the conversation as well. Anybody else you, you wanted to mention? I mean, I think there's two that we should kind of mention together. Uh, Ronnie Rivers and Miles Reed. Uh, you know, bo- both kind of like the smaller backs, but, you know, good speed. Um, you know, some... Ronnie Rivers, I mean, I, I like him as a pass blocker. Um, he's a little undersized. Um Kind of a guy who used in misdirection in the run game. Um, you know, he can he can line up as an outside receiver. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe just a guy who can win a job in the mix in a running back backfield. And Miles Reed is kind of cut from the same cloth. Um, I don't like him as much as a pass blocker, but he, he really can cut as a runner. Um, for a guy his speed, you know, he can make guys miss with his cutting. And, uh, you know, he's also undersized. Um, I mean, he does need to be better with his ball security, and that can improve into his next year. Um, I think I I will say about his pass blocking is I think he brings some alacrity into it. Like, I've seen him, you know, make some tough hits and kind of go above and beyond. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he just I, – I still think he needs some more work in the pass blocking department. There's one more running back I wanted to mention, to be honest with you, because this guy deserves to be in the conversation. He's also a senior. Nobody talks about UNLV because UNLV doesn't have a very good program, and their quarterback is transferring out. Rodgers, I don't know where he's going to wind up, but they have a running back. His name is Charles Williams. Um, Came back from an injury last year, and he had over 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. And I just feel like they're bringing in an offensive-minded head coach. I think Williams is going to be the focal point of this offense. I, I wouldn't bet against him. I think he's going to get you know 1,500 rushing yards and score maybe 10 or 12 touchdowns next year. So Charles Williams is a player to, to keep an eye on as well in the running back battle. And since we're on the, you know, we're talking about 
offensive players, uh, keeping up with that theme. I wanted to mention a couple of Colorado State players. Obviously, Warren Jackson is the big headliner in this conference, but they have a tight end. His name is Trey McBride. He's a junior, but I just I like his hands. Makes a ton of catches on third downs. He can get yards after the catch. He's got some speed to him. You know, people are focusing on, you know, the the Penn State tight end, Friar Muth, you know, the, the Florida tight end, and Brevin Jordan from Miami. But Trey McBride, if he has another good year, he's going to be in the conversation with those guys because he's definitely an athletic guy who, who has some good speed. And another Colorado State player is the quarterback, Patrick O'Brien. He transferred from Nebraska won the job last year like halfway through this guy's a classic pocket passer pocket quarterback he's got great size he's got a rocket arm he's got a he needs to get better in terms of his decision making and he needs to raise that accuracy department but that was his first year starting he never got a crack at at starting at nebraska transferred to colorado state i think patrick o'brien is the best quarterback in this conference and just a conference that's lacking in those signal callers. I'm not including Backmeyer. I'm talking about the draft eligible quarterbacks. And I think Patrick O'Brien is a senior. Keep an eye on him. I think he's going to be better in, in year two. And that's why I'm a little bit optimistic about Colorado State because especially on offense, they've got some weapons. It's, it's not only Warren Jackson. Anybody else you got? Because I have a couple of more names, but anybody else? I mean, else I you don't got? really have any other names, but I do. I do want to kind of add my two cents in about Patrick O'Brien. I mean, just one thing that I kind of notice about Patrick O'Brien is I see very much a system quarterback. I mean, I don't see a, you know, this isn't a gunslinger kind of quarterback. This is a guy who, you know, you play in a conservative offense, and you know that 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 kind of offense has value in the NFL. I just um, you know, know, know that know that you're going to have to put him in a conservative offense for him to the succeed. Well, like I said, he's been driving that ship with McBride and Warren Jackson, and I think he's they're going to be able to they're going to open up the offense a little bit more. I think this year because I just don't think Colorado State has has a great running game out there. I know what Adazio wants to do. He wants to run the football and play good defense, but I think this year he's going to have to utilize those weapons in the passing game for them to be successful. I wanted to mention a couple of Boise State players. There's a cornerback in Jalen Walker. Uh, He's a lockdown corner, a bit small, but he he needs to become more of a ball hawk out there. But Walker arguably might be the best corner in this conference. So keep an eye on him. And uh, Khalil Shakir, uh, kind of a slot receiver. He's got good hands. He can also help you in the return game. So that's another player to keep an eye on. We mentioned Valaday from Wyoming, but I want to mention a defensive lineman who kind of came on last year. His name is Garrett Crawl, and I think this is a guy to keep an eye on because I, you know, I think you need to get more production out of him. But I like his size. I like his long arms. I like the way that he holds his ground at the point of attack. Like I said, needs to come up with a few more tackles for loss. A few more sacks out there because last year he only had 4.5. But keep an eye on him. I just think this is going to be one of those players that might rise in this whole process because Wyoming is going to have a good team, like like Ed 
mentioned during our preview. All right, enough. Let, let's put a wrap on the Mountain West Conference in general. We give you the overview in terms of the the draft prospects to keep an eye on, the disappointing team, the surprise team. The best team was no surprise with, with Boise State. Let's move on to the Pac-12 now. It's obviously an intriguing conference. Um, some good quarterbacks have moved on, like Justin Herbert from Oregon, Jacob Eason from Washington. They've moved on to the NFL. So this this conference is kind of wide open. So I want to I want to find out from you, Ed. Are you still on the bandwagon? Do you still think that Oregon, the Oregon Ducks, are the top dogs in this conference? Yeah, they, they have to be. Um, they have a lot of talent returning. Um, you know, the new quarterback Tyler Show. I mean, he'll be he'll be protected by a. Very good left tackle on his blind side, Penne Sewell, who we'll talk about more. Um, you know, they have a fallback option. I mean, Anthony Brown from BC transferred there. Um, you know, when they play when they play Washington and USC, both of those games are at home this year. So, I mean, that's that's going to help them. Um, you know, now now the now the Ohio State game. I mean, which was going to be their tough game. Uh, you know, it's canceled. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think things look pretty good for the Ducks right now. Well, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm, I'm with Ed on this prediction just because I think Oregon is the most complete team in this division. I, I realized that they, they lost their all-world quarterback in Justin Herbert, who was a four-year starter, but they still have C.J. Verdell, and Verdell is a really good running back, and... Uh, that not many people are focusing on because he's a bit undersized, but he's a tough, hard-nosed, like compact type of runner. And that's that's what Oregon is going to focus on. They're going to try to run the football and just play good defense. And their secondary is awesome this year. I mean, they are just loaded with talent on the back line. I just don't think Pac-12 likes to throw the football and I just don't think you're going to be able to throw the football on the Oregon Ducks because they're just going to lock down those wide receivers on the outside. So they, they it's kind of like the Utah secondary last year. You're just not going to be able to throw on the Oregon Ducks. If you want to beat them, you're going to have to run the football. But they have some some guys on the defensive line as well. So I'm going to go with the Ducks as well. I'm, I'm singing their tune, and I think Mario Cristobal is building something special out there in Eugene, Oregon. How about a surprise team in the Pac-12? Or you, um, I wanna, I wanna find out who it is, Ed. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of on the, I'm coming on of on the Herm Edwards train. You know, I, I like what he's doing there, and I mean, he's gonna be in his third year. I mean, you know, he's had a few years with this program, starting to kind of put a few of his guys in there. Um, you know, they have a lot of starters returning on defense. Um, you know, in 2019, they had to rely on a lot of freshmen. Now those guys will have some experience. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels is coming back. Um, and also, I mean, I, I don't know how many people remember this, but Marvin Lewis is actually going to be one of the Sun Devils defensive coordinators. So um, a lot of talent, a lot of coaching talent there, and a lot of, a lot of positive things. So, um, yeah, watch out for the Sun Devils. Yeah, it's like I said, the the Sun Devils are out there, even though they lost Ayuk and they lost Eno Benjamin, but 
I think bringing in Marvin Lewis is is going to solidify that that defense a little bit. He's going to be creative, and we all know what he did when he was the defensive coordinator with the Baltimore Ravens, and you know he's reuniting with Herm Edwards, and they've been friends for a long, long time. So it's going to be interesting. An NFL guy coming to college, you know, Marvin Lewis hasn't has coached in the NFL forever, it seems like. So it's going to be interesting for him to to make that transition. But the, the Sun Devils are an interesting team. I'm going to go with Cal. I, I just, I'm a big Cal Bears fan this year. And last year, <clears throat> Cal went 8-5 and five under Justin Wilcox. And every year, they've been getting better. And I think this is a team that can compete for you know, in the Pac-12 in general. They're that surprise team. I think they're going to win a little bit more this year. I just think all they need to do is keep Chase Garbers healthy. Because when he missed time, Cal lost five of those six games. So if they keep their starting quarterback upright and healthy, you know, they went Cal went 8-0 last year when Chase Garbers played the entire full game. It says something. He he has a lot of potential. I think that defense is going to be really good. The offensive line went through some growing pains last year, but everybody is back this year. I think they've got some guys, you know, in the receiving core. Um, and like I said, even though they lost Evan Weaver at linebacker, Cal's defense is pretty good. They have a couple of players in the secondary, and it's just going to be interesting to see that transformation. I'm I'm a big Cal Bears fan this year, and I think they can compete and make a run. They could be that dark horse for the Pac-12 title. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but what I am saying is this is a very competitive team to, to keep an eye on. How about a disappointing team, Ed? I'm just I'm curious. Are you in the Trojans bandwagon, or are you are, are you trying to stay off of it? Who is the most disappointing team in the pack? You know, you know the team that worries me is actually the Utah Utes. I mean, they've been they've been good in years past, but I mean, it, it kind of started. I think it actually kind of starts a little bit with uh, the end of last year. I mean, they lost the Pac-12 championship. Uh, you know, they lost the Alamo Bowl um, to Oregon and Texas, and um, you know they 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 they're gonna lose nine starters on their defense. Um, you know I like Tyler Huntley. I think he's a bigger loss than people realize. Um, you know they're they're gonna have to have a QB battle. It's gonna be between Jake Bentley and Cameron Rising. Um, you know I think losing Zach Moss is a big loss. Um, so I I just I I just think I just think uh, you know I I I think the, the the Utah Utes fans you know have had have had a lot to cheer about in a couple in the last couple of years, but. I think it's I think it's it, I think it's kind of setting back down, you know, I think their stock is falling. I I actually agree with you. It seems like you and I are agreeing on everything, but yeah, if you look at the losses, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it's a lot to bear. They lost so many pieces in the secondary. They lost a few key guys um, in Bradley and I and Leaky Futu on the defensive line. And I just think it's going to be too much. I realize that they they seem to reload every year. And Kyle Winningham is a terrific head coach. What he has built there at Utah is, is amazing. They went 11-3 last year. I think obviously they had their struggles at the end of the season with those two losses. But this team was great. But the loss of the quarterback, the running back, and I'm not sure who's going to step up on the offensive side of the ball. And 
it's a lot of pieces to lose and the youths are bound to take a step back where do you stand on on the usc trojans because i wanted to put them in this category i'm just i'm not buying them as a top 10 top 15 team i do realize that they have the best quarterback in this conference in keaton slovis i realize that they have some weapons in you know on the offensive side of the ball but i'm curious what you think of this team i'm just I'm not a big proponent of Clay Helton. I think USC should have gotten rid of him last year because this is he's been an underachiever and possibly maybe promoted Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator, to head coach because we saw great improvement from the offense last year, and I think that's where they're going to shine. What do you think of the Trojans? I mean, are they competing for the title, or are they kind of like middle of the road because you don't know what you're going to get there? I mean, I, I think they'll be a good team in the Pac-12. Uh you know, I I don't know I don't know if they're if they're gonna win a Pac-12 championship, but I I, I kind of like where I mean I think what's gonna happen is Clay Helton is gonna have a fire under his ass. I mean, you know he's 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 gonna have to coach because you know what if he if if it keeps going the way it's been going and I mean USC is a program that's that's supposed to win and you know their alumni and their board you know they 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 believe that USC football should be winning games and so. Um, there's going to be some pressure, and I, I think, I, I, I don't see them. I don't see them winning the Pac-12, but I do see them. I do see them as maybe, uh, you know, I could see them maybe in the Pac-12, uh, the Pac-12 championship game, but I don't think they'll win that game. Yeah, I think it's it's Oregon's title to lose. Let's talk about everybody. All of our listeners want to find out who those top NFL draft prospects are in the Pac-12 for the 2021 NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we I said the name before, but this guy, Penny Sewell uh, from Oregon, he's got long arms, uh, really quick feet as a pass blocker. He's, you know, just good pass blocker. Um, he has good physicality in the running game, um, and he has very good hand use as a pass blocker. Um, you know, I, I mean, he, he maybe when he's run blocking, he can kind of square better and you know, have a little bit better technique and sort of use his feet better. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think Penny Sewell, I mean, he could be like a, he could be like a top seven pick. I mean, he could be, he could go that high. Um, I think he's a top three pick, to be honest with you. I think Lawrence and Fields, if they have a good season, they kind of solidified themselves as one and two. I think Penny Sewell is, is going to be that next guy and maybe, Michael Parsons is is in the conversation as well, the the linebacker from Penn State. So I think those are the top four NFL draft prospects moving forward, assuming that they declare, because you know, um, you know, not everybody is is a senior out of that group. But Sewell is definitely, I'm confident to say he's probably the top offensive prospect in this draft. With all due respect to some running backs some wide receivers out there but um aside from those two quarterbacks and lawrence and fields he's definitely the top prospect in the pac-12 and uh, one of the most talented offensive linemen if sewell was in this draft he would probably be the the top offensive tackle off the board and we all saw that andrew thomas went off the board at number four to the giants but i think the giants would have went with sewell uh, over thomas any day He's definitely a very talented young man. Uh, who else is out there? Um, well, there's a defensive tackle from USC, Jay Tufule. Um, I, I just, I really like his hand fighting. 
Um, you know, he kind of gets pushed around a little bit in the run game, but I think he has a good rip move. Um, he's good at getting off blocks, can flash as a run stopper. Um, I really like his technique, and I think his pad level is really good. So, um, yeah, I mean... I mean, he, he, he could he could be, you know, a first-round guy, day one guy. Um, you know, it's it's too early to really say, but, um, you know, he's someone to keep an eye on. I'm curious to uh, to hear who else is out there in this conference, Ed. Um, another USC guy, uh, Amon's Ross St. Brown, uh, kind of a mouthful. Um, you know, he's a slot a Monterey, a Monterey, Sam a Monterey, Brown. Sam Brown. Um, you know, just just a guy, you know, slot guy. Um, good speed running his routes. Good ability to catch in traffic. You know, probably average yards after catch. Um, good blocker. Um, good route runner. I mean, just a just a guy who's gonna win in the slot, win underneath for you. Um, you know, I I think he's a guy who. Who could really actually, you know, you know, after another good year, you know, kind of come in and be be your primary slot guy if a team's just looking for a slot receiver. I think he could be that Robert Woods type of player uh, because I think he is going to be the, the the top target at USC this year with uh, Michael Pittman moving on to the NFL and a Monterey St. Brown might move around. I mean, they used him in the slot last year as a sophomore. I think they move him. They'll move him to the outside and in the slot as well. He's a smooth route runner, and that's the reason why I compare him to to Robert Woods. He's just so advanced in terms of his route running ability for a young player and still needs to get better in some respects, but just you see flashes of him, and you're like, you, you see that he can separate, especially out of the slot, and he has that speed. And there's another receiver, Tyler Vaughns. He's a senior. Um, he, he had a big year, and... You know, I, I expect Slovis to, to have a terrific year if he stays healthy. So a Monterey St. Brown and Tyler Vaughns are going to be his main targets uh, for the Trojans. So that's that's another wide receiver to keep an eye on. Anybody else? Well, I want to talk about Paulson Adebo, but I'm not going to gush over him. You know, I, I, I think he has a decent backpedal, but his change of direction is weak and I think that's how he gets beat in coverage. I think he can get beat over the top too. You know, I think I think he's pretty good at, you know, being physical at the line of scrimmage. He, he can get off blocks in the run game, you know, help a little bit on the run game. I think I think he tries to jump the route a little bit. And I think that sometimes is how he gets burned badly. But I I, I do think I do think that he's gonna be sort of a, an NFL draft conversation name. He may get drafted high or he may get drafted like day one or day two, but um, yeah, this wouldn't be this wouldn't be the guy I would go for. But I, I, I think I think he's gonna gonna be in that conversation. Well, it's interesting that he didn't. He decided to stay put. He stayed at Stanford instead of declaring for the draft. So that was kind of interesting because Adebo was being talked about as as a first round guy. A couple other corners I wanted to mention just because I think Pac twelve this year has a lot of good corners. It doesn't only stop with Paulson Adebo. Let's talk about Thomas Graham, the the senior cornerback that just gets his hands on balls a, a lot of times. He's the he might be the best cover corner in the Pac twelve this season. Thomas Graham from Oregon, that that's a guy to keep an eye on, definitely. Uh, a couple other guys, Elijah Molden from Washington. The Huskies have a tradition at the cornerback position. 
They really do. I mean, look at the guys that they've sent to the league and guys that are starting right now. And just I just think Elijah Molden is is one of those guys. Jimmy Lake is is taking over as the head coach, and I think Molden is the latest addition here. Based on his film last year, Elijah Molden should be in the conversation for a first-round pick. There's no question about it. Another guy I wanted to mention is Jack Jones. Jack Jones is an Arizona State corner. He's a transfer from the USC Trojans because, you know, some, some things didn't work out there. But when he transferred to Arizona State last year, he had a very good year. He's coming back as a senior. I, I think that's another name to kind of keep an eye on. He's a dark horse. But again, a guy who was a big-time recruit coming out uh, with Marvin Lewis taking over, watch out. Jack Jones, I think, is a name that, that people will get to know. Um, um, anybody else just in terms of some other positions in the Pac-12? I mean, I have a couple other guys that I wanted to mention. What about you? Well, I, ju- I just wanted to I just wanted to put my two cents in about Elijah Molden. Um, you know, I really like him. I think he's a scrappy player. I think he could do well in zone coverage. I like his change of direction skills. I really like to see the communication he shows pre-snap. Um, he's a good open field tackler. I mean, he's he's a guy, you know, if I'm looking for a slot guy in this draft, I mean, or in the next draft, I mean, this is a guy that I would definitely target and definitely interview. So I, 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 I want to echo, echo my praises for this guy. Um, I mean, a guy we can talk about is Devin Lloyd. Um, he's good, good in linebacker instincts. Um, I like his physicality, good zone coverage skills, you know, he can he can execute the delayed blitz. Um, he's a capable run defender. I think I think he I think he could be I think he fits nicely as kind of like that weak side linebacker, um, you know, in, in in sort of a four three. There's another guy that got a lot of praise coming into last year, but he had an early season injury in 2019. I'm really critical of this player. And people have been putting him in the first round because he seems to be like the the hot name. Uh, Maybe people didn't even watch his film in 2019 because he was injured for most of the year. It's Walker Little, offensive tackle from Stanford. But I just think that there's no way he can be a first-round pick. uh, But we'll see. I mean, maybe he can raise his game, return healthy, and uh, be a, a pretty good player. But even before the injury... I didn't see a dominant player on film. And Walker Little is the offensive tackle from Stanford. Another guy I wanted to mention is Hamakar Rashid. He's an outside linebacker for Oregon State. This guy lives in the backfield. He's among the best outside linebacker prospects in the 2021 NFL draft period. He's a senior. Uh, This guy had a dominant junior year. So if we're talking about a defensive player, I know you mentioned Tufali, Jay Tufali, but Rashid is probably the top defensive prospect aside from a couple of corners that we mentioned in this NFL draft. So, and Abraham Lucas, uh, he's an offensive tackle from Washington State, another guy to keep an eye on. I realize that his coach has moved on to Mississippi State, Mike Leach, but they get Nick Rolovich out there from Hawaii. They're going to throw the ball a lot, continue to throw the ball a lot of Washington State. Abraham Lucas is is up there as well, one of the top offensive linemen in this conference and might be 
you know, emerging as one of the top offensive linemen in uh, in next year's draft. And he's going to be a redshirt junior. So that kind of puts a wrap on, uh, um, you know, I mentioned C.J. Verdell as well, the, the running back from Oregon. And I think he's a name to keep an eye on. I'm not saying he's going to be like a high pick. I think he is a day three guy, but he's kind of an interesting name out there. Just a guy that's always flashed for the Oregon Ducks uh, the past couple of seasons. But I think cornerbacks is definitely the position to keep an eye on in the Pac-12 because there's some really good ones, some really good players that are going to be in the conversation, whether in in round one or day two. So keep an eye on those guys. And obviously, Panay Sewell is the cream of the crop in the Pac-12 conference. So that basically puts a wrap on the Pac-12 in terms of the preview and how we see it in terms of the NFL draft prospects and and teams. Uh, thank you for listening to another great episode of Blitzcast, and uh, we promise we'll return next week with uh, a couple other previews. Take care.